Balancers and welcome to episode 11 of the Balance Theory podcast. This week we answer a lot of really interesting questions. How much sleep is enough? Can you catch up on sleep debt? Are you telling me my napping habit is scientifically proven to benefit my performance? I was so here for it. I had the absolute honor of picking Olivia Arizzolo's brain with the above and so much more. A little bit about our guest, Olivia is a sleep expert with a Bachelor of Social Science and Psychology, a Certificate of Sleep Psychology, a Diploma of Health Science and Nutritional Medicine, and she also holds a Certificate of Fitness 3 and 4. She has been prominently featured on the Today Show, writing for the Daily Mail, and has had impressive former partnerships with global brands including Sealy Posturepedic and IKEA. Olivia's expertise is delivering straightforward science-based strategies to help improve sleep, and that is certainly all wrapped up in today's episode. If you're someone who feels like your sleep is not optimal at present, then you need to hear the next 30 minutes. I was absolutely blown away and honored when Olivia shared her proven seven-step sleep routine, as well as lots of other hacks, myth-busting, and tips when it comes to one of the best parts of the day. We also talk interestingly about how different things can impact your ability to access the best sleep, like coffee and sugar, and what types of habits or practices can sabotage melatonin production. Also, if you're someone who would absolutely love to nap but struggles to, then she also shares some quick hacks into how you can get into a good routine for doing so. I know you're absolutely going to love this episode, so please share it with someone who you feel might need it or would greatly benefit from Olivia's expertise. I will also pop links to her social media and website below if you want to get more of the incredible Olivia. Also, one last quick thing before we dive straight into it. If you are interested in any more of what Olivia does or how she could help you, if you mention the podcast upon inquiring, she's kindly offered a complimentary ebook titled Sleep Friendly Sugar Free Snacks. So get excited for that if you are looking into engaging with Olivia further. But for now, I'll let you enjoy the next 30 minutes where she unravels all her expertise. All righty. Welcome, Olivia, to the Balance Theory podcast. Thank you. Thank you. It's wonderful to be here. I'm excited. Wonderful to have you. I'm so excited to go through everything about sleep today. Um, I think sleep is just like one of the key components that underpins balance. You know, when we talk Mm -hmm. about diet and exercise I think sleep is really the third one that a lot of people don't talk about and it's something that we all do we all engage in we all you know but I think we forget to really tap into it and and maximize it so I'm really excited to get into all your little tips and tricks and hacks and obviously all your expertise on how people can really like focus concentrate and reassess their relationship with their sleep but before we get into it I want to um fun myth busting just to just to warm us up so i'm just going to find some myths i think are commonly associated with sleep and then you can Mm -hmm. tell true or false or or whatever like you want to add to it so the first one is there is an exact amount of sleep that you need every single night false false every every is it is that what i meant to say (laughs) yeah yeah no (laughs) Yeah, so myth myth is busted. I'm busting that. So essentially people need between seven to nine hours. Everyone has a unique um, and unique time frame they need, but also know that what you need changes according to you, how stressed you are, your diet, how much activity you're doing, how much pressure's on you, the climate, Um, any medical conditions 
So there is no exact number that you will always need throughout every single day of your life. It depends on a multitude of factors and is highly unique um, to your circumstance at any given time. Perfect. And the reason I love that response so much is because it goes hand in hand with what we say about balance. And that is, it's not a static fixed, I guess, answer. And, you know, it's something exactly. you're going to assess as you go. So that's exactly the same with sleep. And so I think it pairs really nicely with our whole concept. Alrighty. The second one is can you catch up on sleep. Can you catch up on sleep? Or you can catch so up. You, you, yes, you can catch up on sleep, but the consequences of sleep deprivation occur the next day. So yes, you can catch up on sleep debt, but you're still going to be feeling super mentally foggy. So there's an increase in a neurotoxin called beta amyloid. When you don't have enough sleep, this causes memory loss, which is exactly why you can't think straight and you can't remember where you put your keys and phone the next day after a bad night of sleep. Yeah. Um, also the energetic loss. So obviously you're fatigued and the body hasn't had time to recuperate and generate enough growth hormone, which is key to your muscle recovery and feeling energized. Um, that again happens after just one night of sleep deprivation. Mood wise, you have an increase in your cortisol levels by 37% after just one night of poor sleep. So again, you can catch up on sleep debt, but that increase in cortisol, which is going to be leading to more anxiety and feeling super stressed out is going to happen the very next day. Got it. And the last one is you should never wake a sleepwalker. That's a gray one. That's a gray one. Um, because for example, what if a sleepwalker is doing something dangerous? Like they're about to jump in the car. Yeah. Right. But overall they are in a very deep state of sleep. So they will be extremely alarmed if you wake them up, but and you should really only do so if it's a danger to them or to others. Perfect. Now that we've warmed up a little bit, I would love for you to share, I guess, how you fell into becoming the sleep expert you are today and all, you know, the years of studying and work that have led you to where you are. Sure. So um, I guess I overcame my own mental health challenges when I was a teen. So I had really bad um, depression, anxiety, eating disorders. And after going through a healing journey, I knew that I really wanted to be like a wellness coach for others. I didn't know exactly what, I just knew that I wanted to combine psychology, physiology and nutrition. Um, so I started to, I got my degrees, I did a Bachelor of Social Science Psychology, certificate three and four in fitness, um, a Diploma of Health Science Nutritional Medicine and a certificate of wellness coaching. And then I started to do wellness coaching and after that, I started seeing some people for sleep. And my sleep clients were getting really great results. And so I started to talk to other people about it. And every second person was like, help me, help me, help me. And I realized there was a massive gap in what people needed, which was sleep help and people to provide that. And so I specialized further. I got another certification in sleep psychology. And like six months later, I did my first partnership with, with Sleep Osteopedic. Awesome. 
So for yeah. someone who is perhaps listening and is aware that their sleep is not optimum, what could they expect from coming to someone like yourself? Sure. So for me personally, I recommend science-based, straightforward, natural um, remedies to improve sleep. So for example, I have a signature seven-step bedtime routine, which for all of my former clients has meant that they have seen improvements in their sleep in less than seven days, 100% have. Um, And in that routine, there's fundamentals like blocking out blue light, um, using magnesium, diffusing lavender, listening to white noise, practicing deep breathing, (laughs) having a sleep tea, things that people have known and heard before, but they haven't necessarily put them all together in a set plan consistently over time. And that's, it's not about just doing one of those things. It's about doing all of them. Um, And that's why my clients get the great results they do. And that's why I've got a wait list that I am, (laughs) you know, slowly getting through because I only have so much space to see so many private clients and because I get good results, that's usually quite full. Um, so, yeah, so outside of that, I do my coaching over the phone, um, which is nice and convenient for everyone, and especially with COVID. <laughs> um, but it also means that they can do it in the comfort of their own home and um, at the time when it is suitable for them. Awesome. So you did mention um, a couple things there about optimum sleep and um, we speak briefly about how many hours you should be getting, but in terms of like the best kind of sleep routine in a single night, um, could you, or maybe is it something that you do before you go to bed? Could you kind of paint the picture of what that looks like? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, So I have my signature seven step bedtime routine So step one is to block out blue light. Um, That is from using blue light blocking glasses, you know, those sexy red and orange lenses. Yeah, definitely put those on. These glasses. Sorry. (laughs) Like you're going to the IMAX like those movies. Yes, exactly. So you want them on two hours before bed. How would that fit? using so you know on the phone how you can use like the light you can block out the light or you can use a a preface on your computer would that work the same as using the glasses the glasses are more effective but if you can't like or you don't have them that is a fine option alternative so studies show that your melatonin production the hormone that make you sleepy Um, is usually suppressed by 23% with no night mode on, right? Mm -hmm. If you turn the night mode, if you turn night mode on, your melatonin is still suppressed by 19%. All right, so it's not too different. So as in using night mode and not using night mode is like, it really doesn't make a difference. Yeah. It's... It's very good marketing for a very ineffective tool. Yes. Well, I've just had to reconsider my, my night mode tactic then. <laughs> Sorry. 
No, all good. I'd rather, know. I'd rather know. All right, let's go on. Step two. Um, step two is to diffuse lavender. Lavender has been found in clinical trials to reduce anxiety by 45%, which is comparable to sleeping pills, which reduced anxiety by 46%. Wow. And is that just like, um, like an essential oil or like actual, how would you do it best? Yeah. 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 To either diffuse it through a aromatherapy device or um, you can use like a pillow spray or apply it to your pillow or um, you know, in, put it on in a balm. The application matters less than the fact that you actually do it. Yeah. And is it any like flower or herb comparable to lavender? Because I must admit it's not my favourite scent. <laughs> yeah. So there's also been great um, research and evidence with sweet orange oil and chamomile. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, step three is to have a good night phone alarm. This is a little alarm that pops up on your phone tells you to get off your phone because it's way too easy to get caught in a scroll cycle yes um step step four is to have a shower so showering helps the body produce melatonin which is the sleepiness hormone because when your body has a drop in core body temperature it produces melatonin and when you emerge from a steamy shower into your cooler bathroom that's exactly what happens yeah I've um, that. so it's nice to hear the signs behind it absolutely and step five is to have magne have a sleep supplement specifically one with magnesium magnesium has been found to reduce anxiety by 31 percent in clinical trials yep step six is to diffuse sorry to listen to white noise like a fan um, so white noise has been found in clinical trials to reduce the time it takes to fall asleep by 38%. And lastly, practicing deep breathing, which helps activate your parasympathetic nervous system and reduces anxiety and helps you fall into a deeper sleep faster. Awesome. Had a quick question about the magnesium. Would you suggest, uh, or have you found that like taking it as like a powder or a tablet is more or less effective or it's basically the same as long as it's like a good brand of magnesium? It really depends on the formulation. And there's also some brands that have other ingredients as well as like just rather than a straight magnesium. For example, they might have vitamin B6, which acts as a cofactor. Um, they might have tryptophan and amino acid, which helps melatonin production. Yeah. Um, it also depends on the type of magnesium. So, for example, you can get magnesium citrate. Um, there's different forms, and citrate, to my knowledge, is the best. Um, but, yeah, I would look for a sleep supplement with a few cofactors. Um, if you can find a tart cherry as well, that helps produce um, melatonin. So have a look at the formulation. And of course, if you, any of your listeners want to ask, you know, is this specific one good? Feel free to shoot me a message on Instagram and I'm so happy to help. Awesome. We'll definitely pop links to um, your IG below. So thank you for offering. Um, I do have one more quick question while we're on the topic of sleep routine. So my partner and I have started with this year, we make a little tea of uh, lion's mane. 
just just with a bit of hot water and we have that with our magnesium before we go to bed do you recommend i mean that's more for like neural repair and and helps with like memory and stuff like that so it does kind of factor into dreaming a little bit i did find at the start my dreams were a bit more intense i'm not sure if there's um science behind that but do you know of any like teas or things like that that can amplify the sleeping experience Mm -hmm. yeah definitely a chamomile tea um so chamomile is a natural sedative so that's going to help your your mind um fall into a deeper sleep faster and outside of that like a lab you can actually have a lavender tea so that that hero's lavender as i mentioned before um those are my two go-tos okay awesome so i want to move on to the next topic which is how to stop waking up at night so for anyone listening who might have quite a lot of restless nights and maybe wake up once or twice every every couple of nights i know olivia has some awesome tips to share about how we can avoid that so i'll let you take it away from here thank you my love um, definitely implementing that signature seven step bedtime routine that I just shared. That's number one. Um, number two about how to stop waking up in the evening would be to do less of the sleep sabotaging behaviors. Um, for example, drinking alcohol, yeah. <laughs> um, and basically the reverse of any of those habits, like for example, um not blocking out blue light not practicing deep breathing and meditating um not taking not having a shower like it's it rather than say hey here are like 700 things that you guys can do i've given you seven that if you're consistently doing that you will see improvements in your waking up and you need to focus on solidifying the most important habits first rather than trying to go um, far and wide and trying, you know, 700 different habits once each and then trying to work out which one works first. Yeah, for sure. So essentially essentially the the seven-step bedtime routine is your go-to. Yeah, perfect. My favourite comment is when people say, oh, I really can't sleep, and then they follow that by saying, oh, but I've had five, six coffees today. What's your thoughts on caffeine? So caffeine caffeine blocks the action of a sleep-promoting hormone called adenosine. So when you have caffeine, uh, adenosine typically tells the body if you've, by being awake for certain period certain amount of hours means that you i'm tired so it creates a sleep what's called a sleep drive or sleep pressure now when you have caffeine caffeine masks the action of adenosine so you forget about your sleep drive you forget about that sleep pressure until the caffeine wears off and you feel absolutely exhausted because adenosine comes rearing its head and you realize you're actually so worn out even more so because there's been even longer for that sleep drive to um, build up. So caffeine is not your friend for sleep. Yes, right. I mean, 
I suppose it's good before a certain hour of the day. Is it, do you know how long it takes for caffeine to wear off? Like, would there be an ideal break in the day where you wouldn't have caffeine after? Yeah, so most people, um, it'll stay in their body for about eight hours, which is considerable. (laughs) But if you're experiencing sleep problems, um, I would try and remove it from your daily diet completely or at the very very least only have it in the morning yeah yeah gone are the days of our nonni where they could you know shot the espresso and go straight to bed i i can't definitely can't take after 1 p.m (laughs) yeah yeah Um, what about the impacts of sugar on sleep would that also have a similar effect as like a hindrance to optimum sleep yeah absolutely so sugar um sugar stimulates the your adrenaline which helps you feel alert and energized if you're going to bed you don't want to be alert and energized no no um, so, dream of some sort <laughs> sorry unless you're in an action dream of some sort yeah. yeah so no sugar is definitely to be avoided and has clinical links high sugar diets have shown to be related to more problematic sleep both in problems falling asleep and staying asleep yeah that's no surprise to me what about the impacts of natural sugars like your fructose in your in your fruits and stuff would they have a similar effect not as concerning not as concerning because because you've got other compounds in the um in the fruits for example you've got fiber so it slows down the release of sugar throughout the body. So although you're still going to have that sugar, you know, some increase in your adrenaline levels, it won't be as uh, severe and as pronounced than if you were to have, um, you know, like lolly or something. Yeah. 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 Perfect. All righty. Next topic. One of my absolute favorites is napping. Um, yeah. Now- my partner really struggles to nap and I think that's because his mind's always going tick, tick, tick. But I guess my question to you is, are there benefits in napping? And if someone really struggles to nap, are there ways that they can practice or get into a routine of like an ideal nap? Yep. Um, okay. Napping has been found to improve performance of NASA um, astronauts by 34%. So on that basis alone, I would highly recommend napping and strategies to nap. So no phone, no lights is number one. Uh, Number two is to diffuse lavender. Number three is to be in a comfortable space, um, which is dark or at least cover your eyes with something dark, be it a jacket or dark colored mask yep um and then you want to either practice deep breathing or listen to a meditation to fall asleep and timing that for 20 minutes no longer which prevents you from falling into a deep sleep that is my uh my perfect nap technique and i definitely recommend that your husband tries it out yeah um i yeah so it's kind of like a mini version of your seven steps I suppose. Um, and yes. you did one of my questions, which is what's an ideal nap time? And I normally nap for 20. So that's good to hear. Um, Perfect. Sleep expert certified. 
Yes, verified my hacks. Thank you. Um, would would you say like if you feel a nap coming on or you feel like you're constantly having a nap, would that be an indication that you're not getting enough deep sleep at night? Or do you think that like it is okay to be a regular napper? It's perfectly okay to be a regular napper, but it could indicate that you're not sleeping deeply at night. Yes. Yeah. Or perhaps um, I do find sometimes if I've had quite a heavy meal, like in my journeys throughout Europe, I was, you know, an avid napper and I do uh, go down to all the carbs at lunch. And I always say to my partner, yeah. you want to learn how to nap, just start having really heavy carb meals and then you'll crash. Don't worry. But I suppose that's like Absolutely. a different reason. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Awesome. So the last um, topic I guess I want to ask you about is sleepwalking. And this is actually for a friend of mine who is quite a bad sleepwalker. And I guess, could you explain a little bit about why people sleepwalk and best ways they could manage that? Sleepwalking, sleepwalking, sleepwalking. It's a... It's a field I've only had a little bit of experience with. I will be completely honest with you. Um, But sleepwalking in general is um, when a person's in a very deep state of sleep and usually the body is actually paralyzed, but they're acting out their dreams Um, or they could be believing that they're awake and going about their day as if they were awake. Um, but essentially they're in a really deep state of sleep. Um, yeah, as I mentioned before, not if they, if they're woken from that state, they're actually very alert, very, um, shaken because they have absolutely no idea what they're doing. Yeah. Um, why it happens? Researchers don't really know why it happens. Um, in a similar way, they don't know why narcolepsy happens or insomnia. There are you know, certain characteristics which lead to sleepwalking, um, you know, in clinic, but there's no one reason, essentially. Yeah, awesome. I'm going to throw a little bit of a spanner in for the last, I guess, question, just to to throw it out there, because I do have a couple um, friends that, you know, are are soon to move in with their partners, and I know they've gone their whole life sleeping on their own and the transition to sharing a bed I know for some can be quite difficult I mean for me personally I I'm, I'm a sharer I stay on my side it's not really a big deal but you know I know I know you have terror stories of oh they snore they take the sheets this and that uh, do you deal with any um like couples in terms of sleeping together or would you have any I guess tips on how they could adjust to one another be considerate. <laughs> know that your your part your part your sleeping habits are not necessarily your partner's sleeping habits. Yes. Um, be okay. So first and foremost, be really. Um, I definitely advise a memory foam mattress, so that minimizes uh, partner disturbance because it essentially, um, if you move, your it's it's not as detected. The mattress absorbs it. Um, so yeah, having, having a memory phone bed is definitely, um, best for those sleeping in a partnership. Yeah. Um, second to that, there's also, um, like your bedding, 
for example, you might have a hot sleeper and a, and a, and a cool sleeper. And there's actually, there's actually um, brands that do things. There's this thing called, called a his and hers quilt. And it can be like more dense on one side than the other. Um, which can be really cool. Because I don't know why I haven't heard about this. <laughs> this is necessary. It's fantastic, right? Yeah. It's like more hot, I'd say. Like generally I've found that they're just, okay, not preface, I haven't had many men in my bed, okay? <laughs> ah. <laughs> I feel like, you know, even in an office, they're always the ones that want the air con up and stuff like that. Like their body temperature is a bit different. Yeah, exactly right. Um, so outside of that, you know, if you're experiencing problems, just chat about it and see see what you guys can do. You know, there's nothing wrong with raising it and there are solutions. But if you're, if you're experiencing poor sleep as a result of your partner, you definitely need to discuss that. But if you moved in together, then I'm sure that you'll be discussing many things. So I trust that won't be a problem. Add it to the list, the dinner table combo. <laughs> exactly awesome chat thank you so much for your time thank you so much for downloading all your expertise i can't wait to share it with everyone listening and instagram is the best place for everyone to contact you if they want to know more perfect yeah instagram has um you can dm me but also has links to my website also has all of my articles, you know, be it on Body and Soul or Daily Mail. Um, I've got my videos from Sleep School. So it's a great place to resource up and learn more tips and tricks about how to get your best night's sleep. Awesome. Well, I'll pop all that below. Thank you again for your time. And Pleasure. Share this with everyone else. Thank you so much for having me and I look forward to hearing from your community very soon. All good. Thank you so much. Thanks, darling. And that's a wrap for this week, Balancers. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you found this episode useful to some degree in either steering or determining your definition of balance today. As always, the biggest compliment for us is if you share this episode with someone who you feel might need it, or if you're on Spotify, you can click follow or on Apple Podcasts, you can leave a rating or review. If you have any suggestions for up and coming podcasts, feel free to shoot us a DM or an email. Our Instagram is at the balance theory and our email is the balance theory podcast at gmail.com. Otherwise, you've always got the option of subscribing to our mailing list. We only send you email reminders when the episodes drop so you get them fresh out of the oven. No annoying spam, we promise. I hope you enjoy the rest of your week and until next time, stay balanced. Stop, stop, stop.